time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. On today's show, we're going to mind the gap. More on that in a moment. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. You can find us online at roadmapfinancial.com. Well, if you've ever ridden the subway in London, or maybe even just seen a movie that had visions of the subway in London, you've probably seen the mind the gap signs, that warning for you to be aware of the gap between the train door and the station platform. And I want to talk today about what kinds of gaps do we need to mind in retirement planning. Glenn, you ready to rock and roll on today's show? Yeah, Walter, let's do it. All right, we're going to dive in here. And the first one to cover is the paycheck gap. What is the paycheck gap and uh, why is that such an important one that we need to mind and uh, perhaps fill and solve for in retirement planning? Right. Well, Walter, I mean, typically what ends up happening, you know, is, um, you know, when you go to retire, right, you know, you know you, you've been used to having your, you know, your wages, you know, you come in, you know, your business profits, you know, your, your regular income cash flow, right? And so, now, when you when you're when you're trans, you know, furring your life basically into another phase, you move into that retirement phase, and now you're more likely to have you know multiple streams of income. You know, obviously, the one of the ones that comes to mind first is you know because you've been paying into it your whole life is Social Security, right? And so you know you you pretty much know that for the vast majority of people, you know, Social Security is going to be you know probably pretty significant. However, it's not going to cover your entire need or your entire lifestyle want, right? And so now you think you think, okay, well, you know, do you have a pension? Some people do, some people don't. Sometimes if you do have a pension, maybe that that helps fill that gap between where the the difference between social security and where your lifestyle needs are, right? That's kind of the gap that we're talking about in terms of a paycheck gap. So you know, it, it, but it, I've seen situations where that that pension comes into play and it does fill that gap. I've seen other situations where it partially fills the gap. Maybe it's a small pension or a more likely scenario is, is that folks don't have a pension. And so now there is this gap, but they've saved money for retirement into their 401ks and their IRAs and their retirement type of accounts. And now the question is, is, OK, well, how are we going to utilize those accounts to help fill that gap? And there's a lot of different ways of thinking about it and a lot of a lot of different strategies. But one of the questions that you know comes into play is, is well, if you know, if, if you have your monies, you know, put into accounts that that are variable that can go up and down with the markets, and that's the only place where you have money. Well, now you have to ask yourself the question, okay, well, do you want that gap to be filled, um, you know, with uh, 100% by money that's at risk that could potentially, you know, you know, go down in value? And, you know, maybe maybe the overall the, the markets could potentially recover if, if the value of your account goes down. But if you're taking money out while it's down, well, that's a different dynamic than what you've been living with, with, you know, when you're when you've been working and putting money away. You know, when you've been working and putting money away, you've been able to when 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 there's dips or when there's when there's major declines. You had the ability to continue to to add more, you know, to add more money into those accounts and te- you, know, you know, basically buy more shares at lower prices. Everybody's kind of familiar with the idea of dollar cost averaging. But in retirement, if there's no new money going in there and now there's money coming out, you might actually have the reverse, you know, a reverse dollar cost averaging and you know, and what we call sequence of returns risk. And suddenly it, it becomes a whole different dynamic 
and that can become problematic. So the question becomes, you know, how much of that gap do you want to be filled with risk type assets and how much do you want to have, you know, reliable income that basically maybe you can kind of create your own personal pension to fill all or part of that gap so that, you know, you have a little bit more uh, security and, and, and knowledge that it's like you're going to be okay no matter what and you can kind of survive the storms that come along. And so that's a that's a, that's typically a very big question, you know, and, and thing that we have to strategize about and put a plan together to make sure that that gap is, is filled and it's filled in a way that is, is reliable and sustainable and that you're comfortable with. Very important to mind the gap when it comes to the paycheck, the problems that that creates. But there's lots of solutions out there. You've just got to be diligent on uh, making sure you, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's when it comes to filling that paycheck gap. Now, it's not just about creating that income to replace the paycheck in retirement. There are other gaps to be solved for as well. What about the Social Security, or I suppose we could also couch this as the Medicare gap that pops up for a lot of retirees? Right, right. Well, Walter, I mean, you have these important ages as you know as, as I like to you know say when, when when we're thinking about retirement you know you you know you have the ability with Social Security to start taking benefits as early as age 62 and you or you can delay them as long as age 70 right you know you typically are going to qualify for Medicare you know for your you know for your health insurance coverage at age 65. Well, you know, depending upon when you're wanting to retire or when you need to retire, you know, there you you can potentially have some gaps there. It's like when do you turn on social security? When are you going to retire? You know, sometimes folks want to retire, you know, earlier, maybe in their late 50s or early 60s. You know, well, in the, in that scenario, we've got to think not only in terms of well, what are, what are your income needs, and you know, and what resources do you have, and does it make sense to do this versus that, and if so, at what age? But then you also have the you know the the wild card that's out there right now in terms of you know, well, health insurance. You know, if you retire prior to age sixty five, you know, ha- are are you able to stay on on your um on your plan at work, or maybe if you're retiring and your spouse is you know, continuing to work, maybe you can be on their plan, you know, until you, you know, until you, you know, reach age 65. But certainly there's a, there's a gap there in terms of how are you going to have that coverage? Because, you know, as we all know, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different moving parts out there in terms of health insurance and, you know, and, and what kind of plans you can get. There's, you know, there's of course the, um, the Affordable Care Act or, you know, more, more, more people kind of, you know, relate to it as Obamacare. Well, I mean, there there are certain scenarios there where it's like that coverage can be inexpensive. It could be very expensive if your income is higher. And so, if you if you maybe you have a lot saved for retirement, you think, okay, I want to retire early. Well, if you do that and you start taking money out of those those pre-tax accounts, and that causes your income to be higher, and maybe you turn on your Social Security, well, that could inadvertently cause your 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 you know your health insurance premiums to be higher than what you were anticipating. So it's it's like there's a lot of moving parts there, and you have to kind of you know figure out, okay, well, how am I going to put all of these pieces together? Not only the resources that you have and the the accounts and the assets that you have. But how old are you? And, you know, when when are these, you know, one of these programs that you've been paying into your whole life, i.e. Social Security and Medicare, you know, how, you know, how does that fit into the mix and what are, are going to be the costs and the benefits and, you know, and, and, and how do we how do we connect all the dots, so to speak? And and that's a that's a big deal for a lot of folks. And, you know, and you, and you don't enter that those those questions lightly. There, there's the, you know, you got to really have a have a have a plan that makes sense, that's sustainable and that you're comfortable with and you know that you can cover those those gaps and and know exactly what your costs are going to be 
you know, because if you don't and you and you just you pull the trigger and you haven't answered some of those questions, you might be in for a rude awakening thing. Oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that I was going to have to pay this much for for health insurance. Right. And and now all of a sudden your your plan is off because now, you know, you may not be able to get your job back. In all likelihood, if you've left, if you've retired, you're probably not. And now the question is, is, well, what are you going to do? Are you you know, if you are you going to cut your lifestyle way back or are you going to start pulling more money out of your accounts? which then if you do that, then you're going to have less for later. And it just becomes it becomes a challenge. So make sure you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's and you're and you're putting together a plan that the you know, that is really taking all of those all those pieces into account. All right. So we've talked about the paycheck gap, the Social Security and Medicare gap. Now, this next one, Glenn, boy, through the first couple of years of you hosting this podcast, we haven't really had to address very much. But now it's in the news big time. And it is one of the gaps that we've got to be concerned with in retirement, the inflation gap. What is there to know about that in normal times and then particularly now since it's in the in the news so much and so much concern over inflation? Right, right. Well, yeah, Walter, I mean, obviously inflation is, is there, right? And as you say, I mean, you know, for a number of years, it's it's not been like runaway inflation like we saw, you know, back in the, you know, in the in the 70s and early 80s. But at the same time, it's there. And now with with different things that are that have happened in, as far as, you know, is, um, you know, government policy and, and, and different things, there, there's there's certainly the concern that, you know, we're going to see. And we've actually seen it happen. Now, the, now the question is, is, well, is it going to is it going to continue? Is it going to, you know, come back and ebb and flow? And the jury's kind of still out. It's just, you know, what exactly is going to develop over time and what's going to be the, the, the new norm, so to speak. Right. But the idea is, is that you want to have the ability to have increasing income over time. Right. And if you pull the trigger and retire, you know, sometime, you know, for the vast majority of people, you know, it's probably somewhere in their mid 60s to, to late 60s. Well, you know, if, if you, you know, if you're if you're you know, making that retirement decision and now you're looking at income, you want to have the ability to realize it's like, OK, well, if, if inflation's here, you know, it, you're, if your income stays stagnant and you're on a fixed income and the cost of living keeps going up. Well, you know, now you're now you're in a place where you, you're, you know, you're not really able to live the same lifestyle. Right. So you want to be able to position yourself in such a way that you have the ability to have increasing income. Now, one of the interesting things is, is that, you know, with Social Security, you know, there's typically, you know, a cost of living increase, you know, I mean, that's kind of built in. Now, the question going forward is, is, well, how will that get calculated and so forth? And that's always a kind of a question that's in the that's in the news and, you know, and in minds of folks who are who are either approaching or already on, you know, Social Security. But, you know, even the fact that there is a cost of living increase in Social Security, there's there's typically a you know a, an accompanying increase in the Medicare premiums, and so you know typically you're you know you're if you're if you're receiving Social Security and you're 65 or older, your Medicare Part B premiums are are being deducted out of your Social Security check before it's deposited into your bank account, and depending upon your income level, maybe Medicare Part D there might be a charge for that that that's deducted out too. But if those costs for the Medicare insurance are rising as well, and that's kind of offsetting, you know, a lot, if not all of the of the increases that you're getting in in Social Security, you've got to be thinking in terms of, well, what are going to be your other income sources that can help you, you know, have that ability to to fill that inflation gap? Because, you know, I mean, things cost more. You know, you kind of think about it. It's like you look back 10 years ago. 
you know, things were a lot cheaper in the store. You know, you, we're, we're here now. It's like, wow, things are, things are beginning to happen. You got to you, you obviously realize, you know, 10 years from now, it's going to be you know more than where we are today in terms of the cost of goods and so forth. 15 years out, 20 years out, and everybody kind of gets the idea in the picture. But how, what's your strategy to deal with that inflation gap? And that's a really important piece that you have to think about. And a lot of people, you know, are kind of aware of it, but they don't necessarily make a, a really solid plan on to how to how to deal with it. And it's it's truly important because if you don't, then your you know your your standard of living is probably going to contract over time. And that's not really how anybody wants to live their retirement. Two additional gaps that I want to make sure we cover here, Glenn, as we talk about minding the gaps in our retirement plans and portfolios. The next one would be the long-term care gap. And this is what, where people just don't have a great long-term care plan in place. And it, it's kind of this big gaping, gaping hole, maybe even more than a gap in a plan. Right. Yeah. You're exactly right, Walter, and that's that's one of the, that's one of the toughest ones, right? I mean, because typically there's not that many people that have you know traditional long-term care coverage, you know, and and it's you know it may or may not be the necessarily the the best insurance to buy. I mean, I'm, a lot of the biggest reason why people don't you know typically have that is is because it tends to be pretty pricey. Particularly as you know, as you, as you get older, it gets even more pricey, and it becomes a scenario. So it's like, do you you know, do you want to budget for something that you're not sure if you're going to need, but yet it's 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 definitely going to it's going to have you know, and it's going to have an ongoing cost, and that cost may rise over time, and you may or may not end up using it, right? So that becomes a challenge in terms of, well, what do you do? Do you buy this insurance that you may or may not need that's going to end up costing you you know significant you know monies? Or, you know, are there other ways of, of dealing with that? And, you know, and that's something that we you know, we kind of tackle in that, in that overall, you know, planning and discovery phase. It's like, you know, there's in essence, what we want to try to do is we want to we want to try to position money in such a way that, you know, I, I always, you know, if you if you listen to our podcast, you know, over time, you know, we get this the concept of having buckets of money. Right. And so if we segment a portion of money out, you know, into, a, you know, it's like, OK, this money is we're going to give the job to this particular um, you know, amount of money that we're putting over here. Well, the idea is, is that we would like to have the scenario where our money can basically do multiple jobs, right? And so we might be able to position some money that can create, you know, an income stream in the future that's reliable. Maybe, it, you know, it, you know, if we if we if we position it properly with the different options that are out there, you know, we you know we may be able to have additional long term care provisions within you know what you've set aside as as your program to be able to create a hedge against long-term care and and, and so in, in that scenario if you're able to do that efficiently then what ends up happening is is that well if you need it for long-term care it's there but if you don't need it for long-term care it'll be there for you in other ways or if you if you don't end up using it it can be passed on to heirs and that tends to be a lot more palatable for folks you know, when we start thinking about how are we going to fill that long-term care gap, you know, the vast majority of, of people I talk to have a concern, but they're not sure exactly what to do. And they typically haven't done a whole lot, you know, when we, when, you know, about it, when we, when we first meet and we first start having conversations about it. That's the uh, mind the gap and the version of this one, the long-term care. Again, a huge one and a tough one to figure out, to talk about, and to incorporate into the plan. A lot of people run into um, you know, a bit of an obstacle there, and that's where having somebody on your side who can help you navigate through these conversations can be so valuable and so helpful. Last but not least, Glenn, it's something that we'll call the widow's gap. 
explain what that is to us and, and why that's an important one to also solve. And I imagine this also falls into that category of tough to talk about with folks. Well, it does, Walter. And it, I mean, it's challenging, but I mean, most people kind of realize, I mean, that, you know, there, there's, I mean, there, there's the, you know, let's say, you know, you have a married couple, right? And they, they typically are going to have some money saved for retirement IRAs, 401ks, you know, those kinds of accounts. And they're, and they're typically going to have two social security checks coming into the household, right? In, in, in retirement. And there may be a pension, possibly a couple pensions, depends. It's, it's more rare these days, but you do see them, right? But, you know, the, you know you're, you're typically going to have one spouse predecease the other one. Right. And that's just the the just the reality of the way life works. And so in that in, in that in that being the case, well, what's going to happen on the you know financially when when that occurs? Well, first thing we have to think in terms of is, is that the the lower of the two Social Security um, benefits is going to you know stop. And the larger of the two is going to become the survivor benefit. And so income has just gone down in the household. Right. And now we have to look at, is there a pension, right? You know, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Well, the question is, is what is the survivor benefit? Sometimes it's, it continues on just, just the same. Other times it, it may be reduced and it may be reduced significantly, right? Or it may completely go away. And so that's something that we have to be aware of, right? Is it's like, you know, are we, is there going to be a gap there? Now we, we realize that the, you know, the cost of living is going to be less for one person, but it's not going to be typically cut in half because you still have, you still have the same house and, you know, all, there's a lot of things that, that the costs don't really go down on. There are a few things that, that they go down, but, but, but in essence, I mean, it's, it's still, it still pl- stays, you know, closer to the, the norm than you might think. Now, we also have to think of another piece that, you know, uh, oftentimes people think about the things that I've already talked about. You know, they may or may not have planned for it. But one that really catches people off guard is the idea that it's like when one person passes away, suddenly you're going from married filing jointly on your tax return to filing as a, as a, single, as a single filer. And so that can be, you know, a, a pretty big deal because now suddenly you are in essence, you're cutting your, your standard deduction in half, right? And you're also you know, reducing your, your income thresholds in half to, to determine what, you know, what, what tax bracket are you in. So in that scenario, you may have a, you know, and this is pretty common where, you know, where income goes down, but then taxes can actually go up because you know you you the whole the whole scenario just shifted right if you had money coming out of IRAs and 401ks you know that, that you still have the assets and if you're still taking money out of there well you're still going to have that income and depending on your tax situation you may end up in a in a in a scenario where it's like your income is is like i say is is actually down some but the, the fact that your tax situation has has changed so dramatically by having half of the deductions and half of the income thresholds, you literally could end up in a scenario where you're paying more taxes as, as a, as a single filer than you did when you were, when you were a married couple, even though income has gone down and that's a really unexpected, you know, expense for a lot of folks. And it's a rude awakening, but it's the reality of the tax code. And it's something that you really got to plan for and make sure that, that, that you're covering that gap as we, you know, we would call it the, you know, the widows or the widowers gap. 
Well, there you have it, all the different gaps that you need to fill for in retirement. Got to make sure that we're minding them, that we're being careful around them, and then figuring out solutions to them or around them in our retirement plans. If you have questions about any of the gaps that we've covered on today's show or something else that might be in your portfolio or related to your retirement that you're not sure of, that uh, question marks still surround and you want to turn those into answers, reach out to Glenn Mosseller by picking up the phone and giving a call to 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or feel free to schedule a time to meet with Glenn online at roadmapfinancial.com and look for the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. That's roadmapfinancial.com. Glenn, thanks for your help on the show today. Appreciate the guidance, and we'll look forward to talking with you again next week. All right, Walter. Take care now. You do as well. Join us again next time for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. 